Well, hi, it's Dr. Kirk here. I know it's been a while since I've put a podcast out, so I'll just give you a little update on on why that is. But we are talking about pastors' positive mental health and how pastors can have some tools to help themselves and, and recognize that people are actually building their positive mental health. And then also for church members to realize that what they do actually does make a difference, both positive and negative. Uh, so we want to together help the church flourish and to build one another up in love as is the call of God on the church. And so one of the calls of God, obviously, we build each other up in love so that we can proclaim the gospel and tell others about our great and wonderful Savior. So just a quick aside update, as many of you who listen to this probably know that my wife has uh, received, we've received a diagnosis of stage four cancer. And so um, our life the last month or so has been just a little disrupted and we're now getting into her treatments uh, every couple of weeks. And so trying to figure out what life looks like with that. Uh, so I apologize for uh, uh, not a timely uh, schedule of, of episodes, but I'm hoping to get back on track uh, and just so I can help you and, and you can help me and we can grow together in uh, the Lord. So I, want, I came across this article and I just wanted to have a little bit of fun, but I'll comment on probably some of these of what the perfect pastor is. Uh, someone had compiled a, a list of people they interviewed or, and experiences that they've had with pastors. Um, and I just thought it'd be fun to go through these. So this is what uh, some people believe a perfect pastor uh, does and should be. Preaches a sermon for exactly 20 minutes in which everyone is convicted, but no one is offended. By the way, um, 20 minutes, that's not a bad goal, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, you know, conviction and offense uh, will come. You want people to be convicted, right? Um, but you also want them to respond appropriately by receiving the, the gift of forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. Uh, another perfect pastor works from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. in every type of work from counseling to custodial service. It's true, I meet with pastors uh, every week and, and one pastor is always talking about the different uh, projects he's doing at the church, you know, plumbing and paint painting and, and landscaping. And not that we can't help out with that, but uh, sometimes, especially in, in, in smaller churches uh, that can't afford uh, some of the support staff, the pastor uh, is expected to do all of that stuff. Uh, I, for instance, even though I, I enjoy it for the most part, uh, I'll shovel sidewalks and I will, uh, of snow that is, and I will mow the, the backyard, the big, large backyard. Uh, uh, but that's something that actually helps me. And so until I feel like I can't do that, I enjoy doing that. Another thing is uh, they want a pastor who's 27 years old with 30 years of preaching experience. <laughs> By the way, a uh, little thought on that is I, I feel like it's a danger when we have really young pastors um, in the pulpit. I think it's great for them to be an assistant pastor for several years and to have the opportunity to grow in that. Uh, one time, there was one time I really thought that pastors should not plant churches unless all their kids were grown and out of the house. Another thing of a person pastor is uh, some people want them tall and some people want them short. Some people want them thin thin, and some people want them heavy set. Some want them handsome but not overpowering and others one brown eye and one blue eye, right? Uh, It's interesting because people do judge by looks. Uh, God sees on the heart and really as pastors we desire that the heart of God comes in and through us because it's not a matter of where our hair is parted in the middle and is straight on one side or wavy on the other side with a balding spot on top revealing 
showing his maturity was what one people said. I mean, this is just what we take from people. Um, and we realize that everyone has different expectations of the pastor. And that's one of the things that I talk about early on is the ambiguous job expectations. What one person wants from a pastor is, is different from what another person wants. And those expe- expectations are there. And often we do not realize them until they have not been met. And then we realize they're an expectation. And then the challenge is, uh, can we, as as grown people, determine whether or not that's a uh, realistic expectation or not? Um, one has a, one other expectation is that the pastor would have a burning desire to work with teenagers and spends all his time with the older folks, right? I, you know that we find this in, in churches that that have been around a long time, especially smaller churches and denominationalism and rural communities too. Is that the adults just really desire and they realize that they want the church to grow, but they don't want the pastor to spend any time with youth, and they're they're not really excited about having children in the church but yet they know that we need children in the church, but at the same time, children aren't the same as they were back in my day, right? And so we deal with this and the pastor's caught in the middle. Another attribute that was compiled was that the pastor smiles constantly with a straight and sober face because he has a sense of humor that keeps him seriously at his work, right? Some people don't want pastors to be funny. Some people want pastors just to be straight. Some people want pastors to lighten up. It's just interesting. Uh, Another thing was that he invests 25 hours a week in sermon preparation, 20 hours in counseling, 10 hours in meetings, five hours in emergencies, 20 hours in visitation and evangelism, six hours in weddings and funerals, 30 hours in prayer and meditation, 12 hours in letter writing and administration, and 10 hours in creative thinking, right? Uh, you know, and it's funny because there's the joke, right, that says uh, pastors only work a couple hours on Sunday, but yet there is this expectation that they're on call all the time and that they do all of these things that we just mentioned. Um, and then they also expect that the pastor would spend e- five evenings at home with his family plus a day off and always stops for interruptions. Uh, that just doesn't happen. In ministry, you're dealing with people who have jobs. And so often you're meeting after uh, hours and, and not normal hours. So, you know, sometimes we have to realize that that does disrupt the pastor's family life. They also want a seminary graduate, an educated pastor, but uses only one and two syllable words. This is funny because I had a uh, a pastor that I met uh, about a, oh, well, six months ago or so, and one of the complaints that the people were having about him was that he uses words that they don't understand. And so uh, it's one of those things that, that uh, and my counsel to him was, well, I said, that's good, but if you do use a word that you might think they don't understand, just just define it for them, and they'll be fine, and they won't feel like you are talking above them. Another thing, they, they want the pastor to make 15 calls a day. That's to you know sick people and uh, people in the church just to check in on them. Uh, that, that Also, they want the pastor to spend all his time evangelizing the unchurched. Now, I think a lot of this is, is driven from the fact that people don't want to do the work of evangelism themselves, so they want the pastor to do it. And when the church doesn't grow because the pastor hasn't had time to go out and evangelize, they say, what's wrong with you, pastor? And and uh, my response is never this, but internally, is, well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you telling people about Jesus? My job is to equip you to go do the work of the ministry and proclaim the, the great Savior that we have who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. However, though, I should model what it means to do that as well. 
and they want the pastor to attend all retreats and to go to all youth retreats. Uh, the older I get, youth retreats sound more and more horrible to me. Uh, retreats are difficult sometimes because the travel involved, it's not so much the retreat, it's sometimes the travel that is involved. Um, and they also want the pastor to always be available in his office. Uh, you know, and that's true. You, you know, even if you post office hours, uh, if someone comes after office hours and you're not there, but what happens if there's an emergency? Someone's in the hospital and you need to go visit them and uh, you're not there in your office. Uh, you can get in trouble for that. They also want kids to be perfect of the pastor and they want his mother to be rich. I don't know where that one comes from, uh, but they want the wife to play piano and be involved in women's ministry and be head over the children's ministry. Uh, and you know, one thing what years ago when my wife and I, um, planted a church. We were in a denomination before then that was put a lot of emphasis on the pastor's wife. She had to oversee uh, you know, the women's ministry had to be a good public speaker or, or, you know, or expected to speak at events and whatnot. Um, and, and so when we went to plant a church, my wife says to me, she goes, okay, so what are your expectations of me? Uh, and I said to her, I said, I just want you to be my wife. Um, if you want to do something that the Lord's calling you to do, wonderful. But your your first and foremost, uh, uh, you know, responsibility is to is to be my wife, my helpmate, and so. Um, and then from there, she felt released to to do other things in the ministry. Didn't feel that pressure that she had to do that. So. Um, also, they want the pastor's bank account to be small, which is why they don't pay him as much as he's worth. No, I don't mean that. But they also want him to have a large house that's opening, right? But uh, bank account's small, and they also uh, expect his car to be in the shop or to have a car that will break down. Um, they also say he's paid too much or he's paid too little, and he gives it all away anyway. They want a pastor who's talented, gifted, scholarly, practical, popular, compassionate, understanding, patient, level-headed, dependable, loving, caring, neat, organized, cheerful, and above all, humble. What they really want is Jesus. And so the job of the pastor is to give people Jesus. Um, There was some little comments that I wrote down that that some of the pastors mentioned that that were actually sent to pastors. Uh, Someone came up to a pastor and said, not enough people signed up for the church golf tournament. You have poor leadership skills. Because people didn't sign up for a golf tournament, I have poor leadership skills. That's interesting. That's a funny one. Um, I think you're trying to preach caffeinism. Um, I could suppose that I probably would be accused of that at a time with my, my, um, let's see, my affection for coffee and for good coffee and plus the the business I was in uh, for several years as I taught coffee education for for a large coffee company. Um, You you know, and so I do like coffee. I I suppose this wasn't said to me, but I could see that. Um, (laughs) One person said, if Jesus sang from the red hymnals, why can't we? Um, And this is a, you know, you might not find this in your church, but um, in some churches there are multiple issues or, or of, of of church hymnals. There's the old one that's you know blue, and then there's a green one, and then there's a new red one, and then some churches like ours has a church hymnal that's not even from our denomination, um, and has some of the other more popular hymns that that have been popular for the last sixty years or whatnot, and so. Um, you know, people always argue over music and I won't get, that's just probably a side topic, but that's just a funny comment. Another person said uh, to a, a, a pastor who was married interracially, you are living in sin. You shouldn't be married to each other. Uh, I don't even, yeah, that's just, uh, that's horrible that someone would say that to a pastor. Um, horrible. One, one person said, I don't like the brand of donuts in the foyer. 
And I'm like, well, okay. If that's true, you bring your own donut then, or bring the, or maybe you're volunteering now to bring donuts that, and you can bring the ones that you like. Uh, another another comment to a pastor was, you didn't wrap the hot dogs in bacon for the church picnic. Now I can see that being a problem. Uh, you know, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, is that is that expected? Um, maybe that person's volunteering to start being a barbecue uh, master for every single. Uh, church outdoor picnic. Um, <laughs> another pastor was told, you shouldn't drink water when you preach. <laughs> maybe they're in the front row and maybe there's a little more spray happened afterwards. I'm not sure. Uh, and this is a great one. Come, Someone came to a pastor and said, the toilet paper is on the wrong way in the ladies' room. It's rolled under. Um, and you know, that's the pastor's responsibility to go check the stalls and make sure that all the, the toilet paper is going the correct way. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I think that... Uh, it's one of those things that you go, uh, hey, okay, change it. Uh, or maybe I'm sorry, my leadership skills and my training skills of whoever is is uh, the janitor is, uh, needs to be better. Um, yeah, this is a funny one. Why don't you ever preach on Tim Tebow? Well, Tim Tebow's not Jesus. Okay, that's enough about that. Uh, I love this one. This is great. Uh, you don't have ashtrays in the fellowship hall. <laughs> now, this is funny because there are certain denominations uh, in Orthodox churches. Uh, I went to a Serbian Orthodox festival uh, several years ago, and my wife's aunt was part of this church. And, and so we went to this, this festival. It was great dancing and food, and it was wonderful. And when you go into the bathrooms there, um, there are ashtrays above every single urinal. So I don't think that's too far uh, fetched of a question. And then, <laughs> this is a good one. Did you see me waving in the back of the worship center? You preached too long. It was time to eat. Uh, now, this is funny because, uh, you know, most pastors are aware of the fact that sometimes they can be long-winded. Uh, my father tells when he, of, uh, of when he was a kid and a teenager, he would sit in the back. And when the preacher was preaching too long, he and his buddy would lift their watches up. Uh, and and wave them, and so the pastor could see that it was too long. What a gracious pastor they had! Uh, another thing that a pastor was told: the eggs were not scrambled enough at the senior adult breakfast. Um, and you know, well, I'm sorry. I guess I wasn't there. Uh, you know, we'll bring a blender next time. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. You don't look at our side of the worship center enough when you preach. Now, this is funny because I've had people say, quit looking at me when you preach. So, you, you know, you, you just uh, don't have a choice. I got to look somewhere when I preach. Another one said, we are leaving the church because you have a red cross on the building. That's the color of the devil. Well, if the red cross was on the building, when, when you, why did you even come in in the first place? If that's how you feel. And then your sermon needed more calories. I'm not sure what that one means, um, but maybe they were too convicted by it and they're like, I just need a little more uh, carbohydrates, a little more sugar, a little stuff that doesn't sustain me. Too much protein in that preaching. So anyway, people are funny um, and it's fun to go through these things and, and maybe you felt, a, I hope I didn't quote you, uh, but, but maybe these are some of the things that we deal with as pastors and it's hard at times not to laugh out loud, uh, but at the same time, I think it's important for us to realize that, that people um, are always feeling that sense of, of conviction when they're in church and they want everything to be about them. And it's our job uh, to teach them about Jesus as pastors. And as church members, it's your job to help us teach people as pa- uh, teach people about Jesus. And so let's work together to build one another up in love and make much of 
Jesus. So feel free to subscribe to this podcast. Please share it with others if you find it enjoyable. Again, thanks for all the prayers uh, and the concern as, as my wife and I walk through these next steps together. So anyway, together let's help the church flourish.